0: The winner is Marlon Brando in The Godfather.
1: Accepting the award for Marlon Brando in The Godfather, Miss Chasheen Littlefeather.
0: At the Oscars in 1973, indigenous activism took center stage.
1: He very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry, excuse me.
0: After her death in 2022, some questioned her claims to be Apache. But at the same time, Sashin Littlefeather used one of the most watched television events in the world to turn the spotlight on settler colonialism in North America. Indigenous activism takes many forms, and on this episode of Human Spectrums, we'll talk to a local Métis artist and activist about her journey. Hi, and welcome to Human Spectrums, a podcast series produced for CMRU.ca and the Community Podcast Initiative at MRU. The Community Podcast Initiative is powered by Shaw. I'm your host, Truman Bartman. This podcast is produced by the students in the Broadcast Media Studies program at Mount Royal University. MRU sits on the Treaty 7 territories and is home to generations of knowledge, culture, and stories. We acknowledge the hereditary keepers of these lands, the Nitsitpi Blackfoot, the Iyáhe Nakoda, the Soutina, and the Métis people. We also recognize the historical and ongoing oppression that many indigenous cultures and nations face. We seek to decolonize storytelling by including voices and the knowledge too often overlooked in the media. Human Spectrums explores how humans are on a spectrum of diverse races, orientations, and stories to tell. This seven part series explores these stories and celebrates the diversity of our society. On this episode, we want to explore indigenous activism. To help us out, I'm joined with Calgarian and indigenous activist, Diana Frost. Diana, welcome. Thank you. Diana is an Algonquin Métis from Quebec and is the founder of Coloring It Forward, an indigenous-run and inspired coloring book. All of the drawings presented in her coloring book were created by indigenous artists. Each coloring book focuses on a different culture, including the Injibwe, Dené, Cree, and Blackfoot cultures. Hello, Diana. I'll start you off here. What led you to wanting to be able to get involved with Indigenous activism?
1: Uh, Well, my mother told me when I was in my mid-20s that I had Indigenous heritage. And it was a bit of a shock for me, um, but I was really interested in learning more about, about my culture. My mother was in residential school from the age of about seven until 18 without seeing her family or her parents. And so um, it really impacted our family quite a lot. And she wasn't able to teach me anything about our culture because she didn't learn it herself. And so I started trying to find ways to reconnect with Algonquin culture or Métis culture. Um, But it was a bit hard to do because in Calgary, there's not a lot of Algonquin people because they're all in Quebec and Ontario. So, I, you know, in 2016, I, I woke up and I had a really powerful dream, and the dream was that I was going to make a series of coloring books with artists and elders from different nations, and that the teachings and the artwork would help people to reconnect with the beauty and the wisdom of our culture.
0: For sure. And that, that must have been really tough for you growing up, feeling, did you feel maybe alone at times or, or isolated? uh be- because of not knowing where you were from or because of of the past history within your family
1: um well we i i never felt like my family was like other families um i think my mother always had a bit of a hard time with uh uh knowing how to act as a mother because she didn't have a mother she was raised by nuns and so uh she she had some pretty strange behaviors sometimes um but uh we, like i didn't really know that i was indigenous until until in my mid 20s so um you know i just uh was brought up in a more of a white world so it wasn't much of an issue it's more of an issue now i would say where i'm trying to connect with communities and uh and you know it's it's sometimes it goes well and sometimes it not so well because i'm not from here
0: Racist policies in Canada attempted to replace Indigenous knowledge, language, and spirituality with European values. So many Indigenous people were cut off from their culture. Mazana Gizek, Senator Murray Sinclair, led the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's inquiry into residential schools. We must all recognize that the Indian residential school system is not just something for your history books. It is something that Indigenous peoples are still feeling the effects of each and every day. In what ways has the either the Sixties Scoop or, or residential schools impacted you and your family and the, and the people most closest to you?
1: Uh, well, I uh, don't really have much connection with uh, my mother's family, and that is my Indigenous family, is my mom's family, uh, because uh, when she came out of your residential school, she went back to, uh, to her family, but she had a really hard time feeling like she belonged there and they didn't really understand each other anymore. And so she ended up uh, going off on her own and uh, so didn't really have any uh, interaction with my grandparents or my great grandparents. And that's a pity because they're the ones who could have taught me about my culture and my, my language. And uh, not having that means that I'm not as well-rooted as I could be, Um, and I'm only now in my 50s starting to feel a bit more connected um, and more rooted and knowing who I am. And when you don't know who you are, it affects every aspect of your life. It affects all your relationships. It affects your your self-esteem. So... So that is something that I would encourage young people to do is to, is to learn the language, especially when you're young. It's a lot easier. And, and to participate in some of the cultural uh, part, aspects and to learn the spirituality as well.
0: For sure. And you spoke earlier that you're doing that through coloring it forward. What might be some things that you would like people to know about coloring forward that maybe they don't know or that you feel are key and important to, to get out there to the world?
1: uh one of the things is that it's a social enterprise and so it's comprised of a business and a not-for-profit organization and uh, every uh, product that i sell includes a donation to an indigenous project and there, i support lots of different types of projects um, like healing and uh, language revitalization And part of uh, the sales also goes to support the walk that I organize every year through my not-for-profit called Pukeks the Children. And that is on Orange Shirt Day on September 30th. And that's part of my activism side. For sure, most definitely. I also have reconciliation products for people who are wondering, how can I make a contribution to Truth and Reconciliation? What kind of activities can I do to help so I decided to make a few products that have suggested actions for reconciliation.
0: Elders work a lot within, in, with you with uh, creating the coloring books. Uh, what are some of the key components? What are some of the things that, that they're able to bring to the table that are really important to, to making the coloring books?
1: Oh, the, the elders bring the authenticity. And they also uh, are the ones who write all the teachings and all the stories. Of, for us for the coloring books because I'm Algonquin, I'm not Blackfoot or Cree or, or Dene. So um, I felt like I had to involve an elder to make sure that the book was done in the right way and with protocol and also that the teachings and all the writing in the book uh, was, was appropriate. And the art is also has to be appropriate. And that's why I work with artists from that nation on each book.
0: Seems like you obviously have a, a great partnership there and a great connection that you guys have been able to work well together.
1: Yes, it's been fantastic to work with um all of these elders and I've learned a lot about um, you know, indigenous culture and indigenous spirituality through them. And it doesn't matter to me that they're not Algonquin. It it's you know, it I the teachings are just as powerful.
0: What gets you what gets you excited to be involved what is what is the the driving factor behind what you do why why do you keep keep doing what you do every day
1: um, I really love social change I really want indigenous people to have all the opportunities that everyone else has in our country and uh, so so that's what basically drives me I would like to to see more friendships and relationships between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in our country because you know we honor and we respect all the other cultures and religions in our country. So why can't we also do the same for Indigenous people? And I, I really believe that we need to make a lot of changes to offer the same services to our Indigenous people who are suffering a lot from bad water, from um, over-representation in the jails, and also um, over-representation in um, foster care. That That is causing huge issues because it's just like residential school all over again, where the children are being taken away. They're losing their culture, their connection to their family. So that's those are things we have to do something on. Um, but the most important thing is I'm hoping that um, non-Indigenous people will open their hearts and start caring more about Indigenous people because it seems like um, it's there's a big divide between the two groups. Definitely.
0: Yeah, it's it can be seen all over our, our society. This divide between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people can be viewed in pop culture the film Dancing with the Wolves, which features Kevin Costner's character communicating with Indigenous people, this clip makes Indigenous people out to be uncivilized people that cannot properly communicate, when in reality, this is a stereotypic trope that non-Indigenous people made about Indigenous people because they didn't understand them. Tatanka. Tatanka. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Tatanka. Buffalo. Buff- Buffalo. Well, well, buff, Buffalo. Tataka. That's a, a really important point to make. Uh, you spoke a bit about uh, the Indigenous children coming up. If, if you could go back in time or, or, or offer some advice to an indige- Indigenous child who's just kind of finding their way in the world, what, what would be some things that you would, would, would offer to them?
1: I think the most important thing for me when I was growing up was to have role models regardless of their background and to have people that I could look up to, that I could ask questions, um, and uh, people who have healthy lifestyle, healthy outlook, and people who can help, who can help them. So, you know, who could help maybe recommend them or maybe, uh, you know, introduce them to an employer or could have maybe hire them. So I would say, Reach out. Look for role models. Look for uh, mentors. There's a lot of mentorship programs now that are available through the John Howard Society, through NPOWER, and uh, through Stardale Women's Group. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I think yeah, you, you talk about coming together, and and that being such a big part of, of really your message today. Not not just only within within uh, Indigenous people, but but all of us being to come able to come together to be able to to. Uh, get somewhere. We we've been stuck for a long time, and mm-hmm. and just finding that that bigger place is 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 really important. Uh, is there anything else you would you'd like to add? Any any?
1: Oh, I really want to encourage everyone to um, start coming out to Indigenous events. If you don't come to them, I'm sure Nisquamish Center here at MRU must have events uh, that you can attend. So I would I encourage you to attend those. And if you're not sure. Uh, about um, uh, where to find that information. You can also sign up for my newsletter and I always put events calendars in there and I also put suggested reconciliations and I put volunteer opportunities as well. Um, But I, you know, if you've never been to a powwow or to a, you know, a a talking circle or, uh, you know, a sweat lodge, You should consider trying those because it's a wonderful experience and it is for everyone.
0: This is an important point, one made by many Indigenous leaders, including the head of the TRC, Mazana Gizek, Senator Sinclair. Because this important work of reconciliation is not a one-day affair. As we say, it will take us several generations, as it took us several generations, to create this situation that we now face. Why, why should we participate? What what ways can we participate? Why is it so important to be able to to take action on on lots of the issues that are ongoing?
1: Um. Well, the first the first thing is, um, Indigenous people um, feel like no one really cares, and the more non-Indigenous people can step up and start participating start having conversations, start volunteering, start, you know, um, going to powwows, going and, and, and helping out at events, Indigenous events, um, buying your gifts from um, Indigenous artisans a- and doing things like that. And people will will start um, realizing that they are important and that, um, that non-Indigenous people do care about um, about making things better the other reason is we need we need help we can't we can't do it all ourselves um, and uh, and and this the truth and reconciliation is an issue that affects all Canadians, not just indigenous Canadians um, you know I'll take an example for example um there is uh there is overrepresentation in the jails and uh, because of that, it impacts our it impacts all of us as taxpayers when there are more people in the prisons. Not only that, but when they leave the prison, then there is all the support that needs to happen to take care of them and re you know rehabilitate them and and find them jobs and all of this. And another example is the social welfare. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, issues from uh, stemming from intergenerational trauma where people are, uh, you know, they're addicted or they're, they're really ill and there's also a lot of fetal alcohol syndrome where people can't work and so they're on social welfare. And if we could just, um, you know, help Indigenous people to get good jobs and uh, get healthier and all this, then we wouldn't have as much of a... Uh, A tax bill at the end of the thing so that's kind of partly it and the other part is too I want to feel proud that we Canadians as Canadians we take care of everyone and everyone has the same opportunities and everyone gets the same the same resources and the same services and when there's a big portion of our population that doesn't get those I feel kind of ashamed I'm not ashamed of what happened 300 years ago because I wasn't there. I wasn't part of that decision, but I am ashamed of what's happening now, and what the government is doing. And if I don't take action, I should feel guilty about that. Yeah,
0: words are words are just into thin air if there isn't an actual movement behind them. And and I think that is yeah exactly what what you're saying. It's it's the actual grabbing and doing and taking the bull by the horns instead of just, yeah, sitting and, and, and hi- making hypotheticals and saying, well, if it's, it's the, it's the doing and less, less of the if, if I'm, if I'm reading correctly.
1: Yes, absolutely. And there are so many things that people can do to help. One of the most important things is to learn, uh, to learn a bit about the issues, about the, the culture, um, um, but I don't want people to get mired in that and and get stuck and then never go and talk to people because that is the best way to learn is to talk to elders, to talk to wisdom keepers, talk to anyone in the Indigenous population, because that's how I feel like I did. I got the most important learnings was in conversations like that. Um, so So I encourage everyone to do that, and also, um, I just feel like we're you know the average non-Indigenous person is missing out on a lot of wealth of traditional knowledge on how to live better together, on how to care for the environment, on how to care for the community that that they can learn from Indigenous people, and so participate in talks um, you know go to go to sharing circles go to movies go to you know different types of indigenous events and there's lots of places you can also volunteer for indigenous events and so I highly encourage that
0: for sure and just like our conversation right now is super important it's it's just a little seed to uh, to a, a a bigger puzzle that is is still to be complete so Thank you so much, Diana, for this once again. We really appreciate it.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Human Spectrums. This podcast series is produced by the students of the MRU Broadcast Media Studies Program. This episode was put together by Truman Bartman, Ari O'Shea, Clayton Yates, Yasmin Lee, Hunter Pratt, and Aiden Bragg. Our series production team is Taylor Boisvert, Aiden Bragg, Will Brennan, Marcus Hollinsworth, Aldi Loshi, Christian Savard, and Kaylee Stover. Human Spectrums is a production of cmru.ca and the Community Podcast Initiative at MRU. The Community Podcast Initiative is powered by Shaw. I'm Truman Bartman. Thanks for listening.